0: Hello everyone, and welcome to One One Two Four 4 Podcast, Tour 267. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games I have not really been playing. Although, don't worry, it's not going to be a news-only week. This week, I know we've had like two news only podcasts, but uh, I do have news, but we're gonna, we got stuff, I have stuff going on that I can talk about, they're just not games I've been playing necessarily, so, so we're gonna focus on that first, do the Patreon, and then get into some news stories, some very, uh, turbulent feelings on, on some of the news stories later, so, uh, if you're like Ben, what's hot this week? You're gonna get some some feelings from me, <laughs> some very strong feelings from me on some of the news stories that came up uh, this this last uh, week. Um, if you know anything about. What happened? You'll know why. <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, let's talk about what I've been doing, though, first. Um, and so uh, I did play a little bit of video games, just played the usual Crystal Chronicles multiplayer session that we had, which was fun. I don't really have anything to add about Crystal Chronicles. I'm m- mainly mentioning it because I did actually play a video game this week. Um, although I, one thing that did happen is I had a conversation with a friend um, who's in that group with me that plays. And um, I think it was interesting to see, you know, he, he, he kind of had the thing where he's like, I respect this video game for what it did and the experience it was trying to create you know in its original form um but bringing that forward into the modern day into a new experience that is a different type of experience of an online multiplayer that is something that is like you know a fairly common thing online multiplayer rpgs it um it doesn't really feel that like fun kind of thing I, I think it's fun enough but i think he's just like it feels very underwhelming and it just feels like something that really you know he, he he's happy to play through it with us and the actual kind of running around and doing combat is fine but just like everything else just feels kind of frivolous in that game which, which i would agree with i kind of ignore most parts of that game but it is interesting to think about because i think it lines up with my feelings about like fantasy star online if you if you've been listening for a while you know the struggle i always have i love fantasy star online i love fantasy star online one and two But whenever somebody asks me, is Phantasy Star Online 1 and 2 a good video game? Um, I think it's a very important video game. And it definitely had its space, time, and really, um, you know, when it comes to being an early online accessible game for people, very good for that. But when you think about it in the modern day, when we have so many other options of online games, you know, you have to look at Phantasy Star Online and say, what does this game offer? Um, And I think there's like, there's a beauty in its simplicity. That's the thing I always say. But um i i really struggle to find the words to say that this is a game that is a good game that people should go back and look at today you know without just thinking about the historical significance of it um so i feel like that was kind of i feel like we had kind of a connection there of just like yes the con- like the context of this game when it came out it makes a lot of sense and why it was created and why people liked it but the modern sense of this game is very questionable Um, and, and updating Crystal Chronicles to remove local multiplayer and focus on online multiplayer, just put it in a space that focuses it on, you know, a a very competitive space with better options. That's, that's kind of the thing. So, um, I don't think Crystal Chronicles HD is a game that I dislike and like having, and I, I enjoyed playing it. I mean, I played through it like three times at this point. You know, if that, that is after I played through Crystal Chronicles like three times on the GameCube in my life as well. Uh, so it is probably one of the most played Final Fantasy games for me outside of Final Fantasy 11 and 14, probably. Um, but yeah, I just, um, it, it was just kind of an interesting conversation to have, but uh, especially as somebody who's like a longtime player of that game, it's just nice to get a fresh opinion on it because, uh, you know, I I have been playing that game for so long. I've got an old man opinion on Crystal Chronicles. My cat's hanging out over there. Hello, cat. Oh, he ate. How how good of him? He's, I've been having trouble getting him to eat, but, you know, as long as he's not dead, I assume it's fine. I assume he'll eat when he wants to eat. So, so yeah. So that's Crystal Chronicle stuff that happened. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned it last week. I, I feel like I would have because I probably was scraping the bottom of the barrel for things to talk about. Actually, maybe we had a pretty busy week last week. I don't remember. Either way, Aconcagua. PlayStation 1 point-and-click adventure game very cinematic focused it was a japanese only game but it had a lot of english voice acting in it and kind of notably a lot of spanish voice acting too because it was set on the mountain range or the mountain i don't know if it's a range or a mountain um which is like located by uh i forget where it is the in-game country that they list is maruza which i'm pretty sure is not a real country but i think it like fits directly into whatever country on the map that is trying to replicate so so you know but um anyway so that that game um uh got an english translation so you can play that game entirely in English um, you know that's important for things like solving puzzles it's important for if you don't know Spanish understanding the Spanish speaking dialogue in the game and getting more out of that so it's very cool game I love it it's one of the first um it is probably the video that has established the the video I made for it the video that has established the format of how my videos work today um, the 2015 video that came out so I was very excited for that coming out I will probably not play through Alconcagua again. You know, I think a lot of the times... You know, A, I don't really like to replay games very often after I just say it, I played through Crystal Chronicles 30 billion times, um, but generally I don't like to replay games very often. And, um, you know, I largely feel like I got like, you know, 70 to 80 percent of what was going on in Aconcagua and the story never seemed that deep as is. So I think the, the experience itself was perfectly fine. So I probably won't play through it myself. Had a couple of people ask if I'm going to make like a follow up video, too. And I'm just like, I don't really know what I would say other than it's in English now. And, like, I think the vi- part of my video where we talk about that, tri- like, the, the the English restrictions, um, you know, I think it's... The, the reason I talked about the game and, like, recommended people is because I feel like there, there are hurdles that people could have overcome already. So, I don't really think it really, like, hurt how I presented the game in a lot of ways. Um, uh, so, so it, it, was, it was a game that I think worked really well without a translation, but still... Having it in English is amazing and great and thankful for everybody who, you know, put the time into that. And that makes it so much easier for somebody else to go play it rather than be the nightmare person I am, right? <laughs> Trying to force my way through these games. Um, but the one thing I did want to do with Akankagawa was um, go back and watch the end of that game because... Some of the final cutscenes of that game, um, feature the, you know, villain of that game, and the conversations are between that villain and Pachamama, and they're both from, um, um, South America, so all their dialogue is in Spanish. Um, so as somebody who doesn't understand Spanish, I never knew like what the villain's motivation was or what he was trying to do. And so it was like good to be able to go and finally see what that was. I just skipped through somebody's long play of it and saw it. I was like, okay, awesome. It was not anything particularly deep, which I was fully expecting, but it's nice to know, you know, how they tried to make you sympathize with that guy at the very least. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like perfectly fine and perfectly fun. So It was, it was, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good game. And I really hope that you guys take the time to play it if you're interested. Um, so I'll link that in the description for sure. If you want to check that out. Um, but, um, it did make me think I've been having a lot of conversations with people recently. I think it's because I'm unemployed, um, essentially kind of contracting (laughs) part-time or you want to call it, um, that, uh, people have been asking me a little bit more about, you know, how I plan to follow up and build the channel. Cause I do think I show a lot of interest in doing that. And, um, you know, doing a follow-up video on Akakawa is definitely something that I think would have helped if I did it before the translation. I think, I think if I make a video now, I'll probably be too late. Um, but one thing I was thinking about doing, and I don't, I, I think I might also be too late for this too, is, you know, if you don't know, my second most popular video on the channel is the near video that makes a comparison between, uh, the dad, Nier, Papa near and the brother near um, and and basically sp- specifically the Gestalt version on 360 ps3 uh, in, in America at least um, and then and then the replicant remake of the game um, that was the the ps4 release I, I forget if that came out on Xbox I think it came out on Xbox too but that one only features the younger brother there's no Gestalt in there besides some like extra DLC stuff and technically the 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 older near is a part of the lore as far as I'm aware. I'm not. I'm not a near lore expert, but I believe he's a part of the lore. But he was. He was essentially made for Western marketing stuff, and so, you know, he's definitely like a second class citizen in the near um, uh, <laughs> uh, story pantheon. Um, but I was thinking recently, I was like, I probably should do a video that looks at the PC mod that mods Nier, Papa Nier back into the game, switches out the voice acting for Papa Nier, and you know also I think voice acting for other characters because you know how they refer to Nier is different depending on you know the age he is, right? So um, I was thinking about maybe I should check that out. The only problem right now is two things. I, I think it would be a good follow-up video like if I think about you know th- following up that, that mo- ver- my most successful video is something that's actually related <laughs> You know, it's something that like I think about a lot. I'm just like, I have just nothing else to add about near. I don't like making videos. So I have no reason to make it, but I think there's like some value in going and looking at the near mod for PC and, um, and, and, you know, checking that out and talking about in depth what that looks like. The biggest thing at this point is that like, you know, it's been a year since I put that video out and immediately like the first three months of that video being out, it was a dud. It didn't go anywhere. I don't know what caused it to eventually pick up, but it was du- a dud, um, but, you know, it might be too late for me to do a video like that and it'd be like successful. So I'm just kind of on the fence about it. 60 bucks is a lot to pick up near on Steam for what I'm essentially playing through the third time or ninth time. If you count all the like, you know, different playthroughs you have to do in a single near run. Um. But I think that would be like a fun thing to do. And and I just don't know if it's way well way past, you know, the the time frame for me to do something like that. But the build on the near video is just so long over time that I just don't know if I would have been able to really figure that out. I think six months ago, I probably could have came up with this this idea if I thought about it a little harder. But I think I just sat down and was like, I don't know, like I, I didn't even have the slightest idea of the direction I would go so anyways I might consider doing that we'll see I would like to get near on sale and and it seems like occasionally the game goes down to 30 bucks but we'll see I got other bigger things to worry about right now than that near video but maybe 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 that will be something I want to definitely keep it like pretty pretty tight and not you know be some big project if possible so Another thing I've been testing um, recently, uh, or really just one thing I tested, honestly, um, because it was so easy to do, I didn't have to really think about it, is um, I wanted to burn a copy of *Naple Um This is a Dreamcast um, side-scrolling. I don't know if you'd call it like a 2.5D or what. It's like a belt-like platformer, so like you, it's, it goes from left to right and right to left, I think. I, I don't know if you only go left to right. Um, and then you can like move back and forth in the environment and there's platforming, but like, you know, you are essentially scrolling the screen left to right. Um, and, and it's very cute. And it's, it's a game that's always caught my attention because in some ways it kind of feels to me like if you ever seen like Skies of Arcadia, a game that's like very colorful and expressive and very high energy and like very positive. Um, Skies of Arcadia is a game that I think is like a really great game on the Dreamcast that kind of represents that. In some ways, era of Sega gaming in general. I feel like to some degree, just like this very happy-go-lucky, everything's positive kind of uh, approach to telling a story in that game. And that's that's part of why I loved Skyward Katie so much because I, you know, I was in that that JRPG uh, mainstream feeling of just like, why are all the JRPG boys so emo? That that why why isn't Cloud like that nice Vice boy in that other game? <laughs> um, but but um, you know, I. I anyways I, the whole thing I was trying to get to that is that like this game has that same like kind of colorful very expressive blocky characters with like a very upbeat attitude feeling to it that I've that I, at least I feel that it's that way from what I, little I've seen um but it has more of like a, a focus towards like a fairy tale presentation and and in some ways I could think you could kind of like maybe start putting it to the categorization of games for girls but I really think just the presentation alone doesn't necessarily mean something's games for girls right so but I, I really love the look of it and it's actually a game that I have listened to the soundtrack for for years which is kind of weird for me because I like video game music and i will listen to video game music for video games i have played through i very rarely ever listen to video game music for video games i have not played and i think a lot of that comes from my um connection to a game through the music and things like that um and so when somebody just sends me like a song for my game usually i'm just kind of like okay this is a, this is a video game song i have heard it it's interesting it's a song can confirm um, but I won't really get connected to a soundtrack until I've had that experience. I can connect that music to different things in a game and things like that. So, so *Naple Tale is an exception and it's, and it's an amazing soundtrack. And and, and so it's like really top tier. I think it's the Cowie Bebop composer who did the soundtrack for it. So really great. So anyways, all that's to say, after praising that game for not having played it really, um, you know, I, 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 I do want to play it. And we talked about it a little bit, little bit on stream and talked about it in our, like, uh, uh, Saturday movie nights that we do for the community and, um, that Mr. T does specifically, actually. Um, I should c- give him, him credit for that. Um, but the movie night stuff, um, or, or the uh, the the Naples, we were talking about like playing Naples, Naples Tale on stream and the game has an English fan translation um that that was done a couple of years ago I think at this point um so I was like I'm finally gonna sit down and like figure out how to burn a dreamcast game um which you know is supposedly very easy thing and in practice very easy thing <laughs> um, so I basically burned the disc and then was like putting the disc in my dreamcast and I powered it on and I sat it was like oh, you know what? It's probably not going to let me actually use this disc yet because it's a burned disc. And, like, I'll probably have to put, like, a Utopia boot disc in. I'm going to go turn the power off and, and go grab my Utopia disc. But, nope, sure enough, the game just boots up. So I'm like, Okay. Well, that's fine. So, um, yeah, I, I got that working without trying very hard at all, which with how many like hurdles I have to jump through on this website sometimes or YouTube or whatever, it's nice that something just kind of worked. Um, I played it for about 20, 30 minutes just to make sure there wasn't like any excessive skipping and things like that. So I think we'll revisit Tale, um shortly. Uh, I think we're going to do like one or two more uh, One Piece streams where we take a break from Unlimited Adventure and then we'll go play Tail for probably about a month and then come back to One Piece after that. Um, my biggest concern about Napletail, like as much as I love the aesthetics of that game and the, the, the music of that game is, and this is something I've always felt whenever I looked at that game is, um, it gameplay wise, it just looks a little straightforward. You know, it's kind of a side-scrolling platformer. You have a wand that you can use to hit things and it, like shoots those things off and you can like, you know, hit things with it or whatever. And, and, and then there could be way more. I will say I have not played that game. So it could be more in depth. I think I've seen at times that people said there's like RPG elements in it, but I don't really know what that means. Um, but I just fear that I'm going to play that game and I'll love the aesthetics, love the visuals, I love all that stuff. Um, and then just come away and be like, yeah, but the game was fine. Um, which is, which for some people is perfectly good. Like, I think that's the thing, that's the thing I stress. I don't think that's a bad thing. But for me personally, in my tastes, I really like something that, makes a game feel like it exists for a reason and sometimes that can be presentation um you know i, I wrote an article on rap city a musical adventure despite that game you know largely being kind of whatever but there's a lot of things going on in that game story presentation wise that i thought was really really cool so um somebody did ask me if i was going to make a, a navel tale video at some point you know i'm kind of up on the air I, th- I think video game esoterica has a video out there um i think i would really need to um think about it you know i think first had gotta like the game that's that's the first and foremost um so that's the big thing and i probably i probably would want to watch video game Esoterica's video I, I feel like you know i've, I've talked with video game on the podcast before we talk about the pcfx i think we probably have different enough views on that game that it probably would be valuable for me to make a video on that but we'll see i, I am so one thing i am doing so in preparation of Potentially making a video of tail, I don't know if that's again. I am not coding anything. I don't know if the, I don't know if I like the video game. Um, but in preparation, I was like, I want to get back to trying to do the source record for uh, streaming. So so what that is, this is something I messed around with a while ago, had a lot of technical problems because my PC just was not strong enough to do it, um, is that when you are streaming, you can set up a separate, like, um, I guess, I don't know how you'd describe it, overlay or something like that, that um, basically is, 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 or like it's more like a plugin you put into to the streaming software. And you can use that to capture raw gameplay from whatever game you're playing. Um, so that means, you know, I don't have to go download the game again. I don't have to worry about like the compression that comes from streaming and things like that. Um, and ideally the music would also be intact and everything and sound effects. So, so ideally I've just have a straightforward gameplay, same if I would have captured a game where it's playing offline. I would ideally want that because that gets, that footage is way more easier to work with than footage that I get from like a stream or something like that. Um, and so, uh, but it means you're recording and encoding two different things. You're sending one to stream, one thing's getting encoded to the side. So always had problems with that on my last PC trying to get that to work. I got a new PC earlier this year, so I'm finally getting around to trying to set that up. I did run into some problems. So 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 I did find that like I could set up the capture card without too much trouble. and I and as far as I can tell, it's fine. I have not used it in a real world scenario. I did do some streaming testing to Twitch and, and, and it seems to work there, but you know, who can say how it'll work across long term, how nice it'll play with restream or something like that. But the big challenge I ran into in doing that was, um, so when you're, when you're assigning a source, you, you have to choose what like device you're going to set it up for. And it seems okay if you're doing that like before a stream but if you do if you're in the middle of a stream it seems to be a problem so that's not a problem for most people because you're just using your one capture card of course my whole setup is dumb Um, i have a 3ds capture card and that's actually builds into the 3ds and i have to use um it's loopy software that i use um, and so because i use the loopy capture card and um i tried to set it up with that and I could not for the life of me to get the audio to come through. I tried so many different things. There's also some issues where, like, if I turn on a 3DS capture in the middle of a stream while a capture card capture my my PC's capture card is like capturing, it starts creating some issues. Like I had some audio get mixed up and things like that. And it could just all be settings um, because it is. It gets very complicated. You have to start assigning audio tracks to different tracks and like certain audio tracks you want to be lower than others and other ones you want to be higher it's it's just very confusing um and 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 so i spent like three hours on uh was it friday night on that and that was not fun um but i think i have an okay setup i got myself in position that i think i'll be able to do it just fine the real test is going to be um um this week I'm going to try it with One Piece Unlimited Adventure. Thankfully that stream's been kind of, you know, very low key overall, so I don't I think I won't be bothering too many people if I start messing up things during the One Piece Unlimited Adventure streams. <laughs> but um but yeah, so we're going to check that out and uh see how that works and hopefully it works out and that means that going forward it's going to be a lot easier for me to present a game that we stream. You know, I do have h- hang up sometimes about streaming certain games cuz I'm like I, I'm pretty certain I want to make a video about this video game, but, uh, I know if I'm going to stream it, I'm not going to get the highest quality capture. And if it's like a 20, 30 hour game, I'm not going to want to play through it twice. So, you know, it's just things like that. So, and the last thing before we get into the Patreon update here is that I am pretty much done with the Buddy Mission Bond video at this point. I need to render it out one more time, but I went through and did like a, I guess you could say a final, rough like like it was like okay I'm rendering this out and there's a possibility that what I'm rendering out will be the final video it was not I did not really expect it to be I just assumed there would be problems here and there and there was so I went made those changes and then um I did not get to render it out before I came to do this podcast but once this podcast is done I will be rendering that out as well and then uh, checking it out. So I think it turned out pretty good. I did shorten it a little bit. There's some things that I just thought, like I was saying a little too much or or maybe was like, like kind of messing up my point a little bit because I kind of added too much information at certain things. So I cut a little bit. I know I said I was gonna try not to do that, but in seeing the video in its entirety, I was like, okay, Here's some things I feel comfortable cutting. And I think that's what's most most important is that like I felt comfortable cutting it and I felt like it made the point I was making stronger by cutting it. So that's very good, very exciting. I still don't know how I'm going to sell that video to people. I got to make, you know, uh, YouTube thumbnails and stuff, all the good stuff, all the stuff I hate to do. <laughs> um, so, but I'm very happy with the video. and I think it turned out really well. Um, I think there's gonna be some contention about you know how much I talk about this game and how much I praise its story given I can't really read it um and I, I address that in the video and I think I think you know I, I think it's it's important to remember that that is a that is something to keep in mind like I really can't verify or validate you know how close my interpretation of buddy missions' Bond story is um but uh you know I think the pieces I've played enough other games of machine translation that I think I can see. How Buddy Mission Bond differs from from those games in terms of the clarity that I get from it. Uh, there's a lot of games I've played with machine translation, and just it's it's a it, you're it feels like you're walking in the dark, and you're just getting like little pieces here and there about you know the room you're in. You're like oh, here's a piece of soap. I could be actually a piece of probably a bad example because you're probably in the bathroom. I was going to say bathroom or kitchen, but I don't know if anyone keeps bars open their kitchen, uh, but you know, like stuff like that, or like a hand towel. And it's like, Oh, I could be in the kitchen or the, 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 bathroom hand towels and kitchen and bathrooms feel different too. Bad examples, but you know, yeah. So buddy and Shambon is a game that has a lot of clarity to it. I also go really in depth about how I put together things when I'm using machine translation. Um, that's something that I feel like, and I think somebody like thankfully gave me some feedback about this, but that's something that I felt was like missing with that um, uh, playing English games without knowing the language presentation I did at a convention. I felt like I just did not give enough details of how things actually come together. Um, so that's what was was kind of my, one of my main goals with this video was to to express that. So I'm glad I got that done. Also a fun side note, you know, there's this, uh, chain in Japan called Gamers, um, which is like a video game store. Although it's like, it's also like kind of just general anime fandom and stuff like that as well. Um, and, uh, the, the, the old guy named Accord, in the game, uh, it was his birthday, and so they set up like this. This really hastily put together, like a cord board on the on the uh, buddy mission bond display that they had. And um, the, the kind of thing with the cord is that you you handshake with them. So the game like has you press the A button to handshake with them from time to time. So they had a hand sticking out from the the display stand, and you could you could handshake with it. So that was very cute, very fun. So. I'm glad I'm wrapping that thing up, though, because with Xenoblade Chronicles 3 coming up here shortly, I really wanted Buddy Mission Bond out of my hair. I love that video game. Is probably, I feel like every time I say it's one of my favorite Switch games, it becomes even more one of my favorite Switch games. It is probably my favorite Switch game. Um, and that's saying a lot with, like, Torn of the Golden Country being up there as well. So anyways, very cool. Very fun. You know what time it is? Do you know what time it is, Jillian? Paul Daniel. Discreet. Do you know what time it is? It's Patreon time. Those are the three people that make Patreon happen. Thank you so much, Paul Daniel, Jillian, and Discreet. Hey, did you know you can give five dollars to my Patreon and then I can go, <laughs> go go buy some cat food for this cat? <laughs> um. Hey, yeah. If you give five dollars to Patreon, uh, you get bonus content. Uh, You get bonus videos, things like that. Um, the upcoming bonus video is the, I believe the GBA AC adapter video. I think that's the one that's coming up. So please look forward to that. Um, if not, I'll have to correct it. But there, there, there's basically a video every other week on the Patreon that is, that is its own. that you don't get on the main channel. Um, last week was the failed TikTok or YouTube, um, short video that I tried to put together and was very unhappy with overall in terms of that accomplishing that thing, but it is unique content and it is a, it is a, um, uh, you know, still to to some degree within the standards of what I uh, view as like a proper video as well. The problem was it was probably too much like my main videos. Um, but like, it was just something that I couldn't really use anywhere. Um, so I just put it on the Patreon. So if you want to check that out, that out you can learn about the game magic fantasy uh, which is a, a indie game dope japanese indie game dojin game um that i really like i think it's really cool it's like a five minute video game maybe shorter than that but like the loop it has is amazing so i like that a lot but yeah so so not this week but the week after you will get that game Boy advance ac adapter video coming up i was gonna do the buddy mission bond meteorite show patreon video as patreon only content but I've been, so I've been looking to try to sneak certain things out of the Patreon just so I can push them on the YouTube and use them as examples like, hey, here's the type of content I am putting on Patreon. Um, and I think the Buddy Mission Bond Meteorite Show might be a good one to use for that. Um, because I think, uh, th- there's not a lot of people who have shown that on YouTube. So I think it will be valuable as is even just to show. So, but in, in doing that and releasing those, I'm trying to make sure that when I do that, I have a piece of Patreon content to replace it because I don't want to, you know, just, you know, rob you of some content for a week. You're like, oh, I could have gotten this for free if I just didn't even subscribe to the Patreon. So, but yeah. So that is what you get at the $5 level. Um, One thing you can also do at the $5 level, or you can forfeit the bonus videos and do this at the $3 level as well, is ask a podcast question. So Jillian... Asked a podcast question this week, which are what are your favorite stupid peripherals? You know, I thought I would have more things to respond to this with. I'm I'm a big person when it comes to gimmicky things in video games. I love that. Um, So I thought of three things that I could probably uh, mention. One is I'd never use this myself, but I thought it looked really fun and stupid, and it's the 3D glasses for the uh, Metal Gear Acid. 2, I think, for the PSP, where you basically have a cardboard. It's almost like a Google cardboard thing with VR, where you have this cardboard thing with lenses in it, and you can basically put it on top of your PSP and look down into it, and it would have a 3D mode that you can utilize. I think it actually... Scott um, uh, mentioned, I, I, I've been mentioning Scott the Waz a lot recently for some reason. I guess I started watching his stuff again. Although he, he we didn't post for a long time. But anyways, I do like Scott the Waz's stuff though. That's, that's one thing I should say. Um, but anyways, um, so it, I think it was in that video recently as well that I was reminded of it. But yeah, so basically it's like weird box that sits on top of your PSP and you just put the PSP down. It's almost like a a if a, a virtual boy was laid flat on the table and you stared straight down into it. Um, so that's a weird, stupid one that I think is fun. Um, I'm a big fan of Nintendo pedometers whenever those interact, integrate with the game. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I don't have a lot of them, but you know, I, I do wish more games would utilize that kind of, um, outward world aspects for nintendo i I think that's something that i feel like i haven't gotten a lot from them recently i feel like street pass was the last thing really i mean i think i think we you or we fit U probably is the real last thing but i feel like street pass even though it's not a peripheral it uses it basically integrated their pedometers into the 3ds Um, i feel like that was like the last time that thing was actually used in in a fun way and i think i think that's something that i really enjoyed of just like hey i do something in my life and it affects what what i can do in in a game in some ways and i think that's i think that's kind of fun i think that's kind of the gamification the gamification of life i remember there's like some presentation i saw one time about like a dude being like if you have a toothbrush with games in it you can like build up a high score and be the best toothbrush man and then the pokemon toothbrushing thing came out years 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 and years later i was laughing at him at the time but he he figured it out He's at the Pokemon computer. I have no idea where that guy is. So, so yeah. And the last thing, I'm, I'm doing all these things to kind of cover my base of, like, hey, I didn't ever interact with this one to the pedometer. But, like, the 3DS is the most recent pedometer. That's not really an accessory. And this last one, you might not be able to call an accessory. Um, but uh, Kaminazo um, I've talked about this game on the podcast a long time ago. I really want to get back to Kaminazo because I never finished it. But Kaminazo is a Switch game that is, um, uses paper crafts in the real life to solve puzzles in game. And I did a few streams of it. They are very bad streams because I'm not good at solving puzzles and especially not good at solving puzzles in the stress of a stream environment. But um, yeah, you basically just have a workbook that you print out and you use different pages for different parts of the game. So I really love that. So yeah, it's not really a peripheral, although it's just a peripheral you don't purchase kind of thing. It, It is something you print out. So Um, yeah, I really want to get back to Kavi Naza someday. So anyways, thank you again, Jillian, for the question. I really appreciate it. Um, we will have another question next week. Again, the question post goes up on Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific time. So if you want to ask a question, you can do so there. Otherwise, Jillian sent me like 20 questions that I have been going through, uh, uh, week by week. So, so we will have another question by Jillian. Otherwise, it's news time. I think I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but news is very turbulent for me this week. Um, there's some high highs. There's some low lows. Let's talk about something a little middling first. Touch Detective. It's back. Only in Japan, it seems like so far. I didn't see any mention of this coming out in the US, but if you don't remember, Touch Detective is a Nintendo DS series, although the third game is on 3DS, um, that features like a little like, girl with like a white hat on and like little fungi uh like uh, mascot that became success is like company mascot there's like a weird number of the games featuring the little like mushroom from touch detective i think touch detective was where that character came from but like while touch detective has died long ago the fungus has moved on in life although there's a switch game that technically is touch detective it's like a puzzle game we've played it on stream before i really should probably learn more about how it works because i sat down and played it once i was like ah seems okay um but i couldn't figure it out really Um, But yeah, this is a series of point-and-click adventure games on the Nintendo DS. Very much fell within that range of games like Phoenix Wright coming out, Hotel Dusk, Another Code, uh, Trace Memory in the US, things like that. Again, um, things like that. So, um, but yeah, they're putting those out. Unfortunately, the Switch collection, they specifically seem to have said, I I forget where that is, Um, one of the things. I have some links here. One of the links said, specifically, English is not included in that, that release, so unfortunately um it is not something you can just import and play at this point um the one problem i can see with this is that touch detective one and two did come out in the u.s i do not believe the third game on 3ds came out in the u.s so they would probably have to do some localization work to make that happen unfortunately um so we'll see it could just be that they just need more time for that for the u.s um but maybe it remains a japan only thing kind of thing i don't know uh, I don't think success is shy about leaving their games in Japan, unfortunately. So, um, uh, but yeah, these collections uh, basically uh, revamp the visuals. You know, it largely keeps the same visual style, but just makes it look a lot cleaner. Not sure how they're doing that. The games, uh, are using, like, um, 3D models that are kind of rendered into 2D. And so if you look at the DS game, it's definitely very pixelated, especially as you start to blow things up. But, um, um, as far as I can tell from the video, it looked like everything was cleaned up. Still that same, like, kind of rendered smooth 3D model look, um, with some, like, shading on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it just looks cleaner. So that's nice that they kept the aesthetic, but made it look really good, especially since that game is using pre-rendered assets, you know, um, so cool. Uh, the other thing was that they're including, um, content that were in the smartphone versions of the game that no longer available for sale. So that's also really cool too, because that is not something you can pick up easily these days. Uh, so, uh, that's, I'm saying really cool like five times in a row but it's very cool it's a very cool collection the only problem is it's not in English but I totally understand why they would I think the one thing that would have been nice if they included English on the first and second release but they might be doing it as like a pseudo region locking thing where they're like hey we don't want a bunch of Americans buying you know or a bunch of people from the U.S. buying um, Japanese copies of games. Um, I haven't really looked into it that much, but I, uh, you know, it might be kind of a good time to buy Japanese video games off the internet. Um, if you want to save some money, although something like play Asia or something, I imagine wouldn't like adjust too much to like the changing value of the U S dollar versus yen or something like that. But, but, you know, importing stuff through Baiyi or something like that, it's probably a good time to do that. You're probably going to save some money. It's time to buy those Bunny mission bond whiskey glasses it's so cheap. It's basically free for $170. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's very cool. I'm really glad that happened. Nintendo did a surprise announcement for a game called Kirby's Dream Buffet. I am excited for this game. Like, look, I need to play Kirby's Forbidden City or whatever it's called forbidden, whatever. Um, the 3D Kirby game that came out on the Switch. I do need to play it. It is something I've been asking for for years. It came out, it happened. I've been. I should play it. However, Kirby's Dream Buffet is like a day one must for me because it is a Nintendo racing game that is not Mario Kart. And that is something I've been waiting. I'm a big racing Nintendo game fan. I keep thinking about making a GameCube racing video. I really should. I love all the racing games by Nintendo on the GameCube or published by Nintendo, I should say, on the GameCube. Um, and, and so to see Nintendo finally revisiting a racing franchise that is not Mario Kart makes me ecstatic. I'm going to guess most of you saw what this looks like, but basically you are, you know, Kirby rolling down a hill of cakes and goods. And as you go, like, like the actual, like level you're in are like, are on giant cakes and stuff. And as you roll around, you're collecting, eating things like strawberries and things like that. And you increase your, your, your size or whatever. right? Um, so I didn't, I don't think they gave it like a ton of details, but, um, it seems like when you're going and collecting that food and you get to the end, the goal is not necessarily to be first, but to be the biggest Kirby. Um, so, you know, they get measure you at the end, um, which sounds to me very like excite truck ish is like, you know, excite truck is a game where you get stars while you're racing and getting in first place gives you more stars. But getting in first place was not a guaranteed win. Because if the other players still got more stars than you, then they would win. Um, And I loved what that brought to a racing game. Um, Especially if you're like, you know, I don't want to say I'm good at racing games. I'm not. But like Mario Karts and things like that, it kind of gets boring if you're just hanging out in the first the whole time. Like It's like, okay. Like, I mean, yeah, this blue shells and stuff that bring you back, but like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like first place is like the worst place to be in Mario Kart, not because of blue shells, but because it just is kinda like you're just racing the course at that point. And, and and I think interactions with other players are very fun. And I just don't feel like you get nearly as much as that. So Excite Truck uh really encouraged you to uh keep interacting with other racers. And and take take paths that were not necessarily the fastest path. Sometimes you want a path that's gonna give you a high, you know, uh star count. Maybe you just want to boost past a bunch of trees so you go and take a path that's like really covered in trees and stuff like that. There's a lot of really great things about Excite Truck. I have not played Excite Bots yet still. So, you know, obviously I don't know if uh, Kirby's Dream Buffet has that depth yet, but I'm excited that something by Nintendo that's a racing game is something other than Mario Kart. So, So I'm really looking forward to that. That's probably a day one purchase for me when that happens. So I'm really looking forward to it as online multiplayer so i will be in the market of playing that game online if anybody wants to um um although my i think my nephew said he might want to play it online too so very cool anytime i feel bad i never interact with my nephew with anything so anytime i can make a connection and play something with him the better I feel <laughs> as as a as a failed uncle, I feel like. I don't think about it too much. I'm not that worried about it, but I do feel like I should probably spend more time with him. Um, so anyways, there's some other modes in there, like a pure collection mode where I think racing doesn't matter. You just go collect the most food. And there's like a battle royale mode. I saw people comparing this modes to like Fall Guys and I'm like, eh, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, I also saw some comparisons to Kirby Air Ride and City Trial. To me, Excite Truck seems like the most specific comparison, but you know. But, you know, we don't know that much about the game yet. And whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a racing game by Nintendo. I don't care if it compares to any of those things. So so that was a very happy racing game announcement. Now we take a turn on this podcast. (laughs) We take a turn to look at a game called Dolphin Wave. Now, I need to let you know, when I saw Dolphin Wave, I was ecstatic. It is a honey parade game, jet ski racing game. So it, I looked at it, and they've, it basically looks like Kanagawa Jet Girls 2. Maybe a little too close to Kanagawa Jet Girls 2 in terms of concept and stuff like that, but it's fine. Kanagawa Jet Girls is a great game, but the multiplayer community is dead, or was dead by the time I stopped playing it, or it had, like, a certain groups still organizing, but, like, you couldn't just queue up and play a game of Kanagawa Jet Girls 2. And I was like, oh my god. Even if it's the same video game, I'll be honest with you, New tracks and stuff like that. I would I would be very excited to play play Dolphin Wave. So not Counting Out with Jet Girls it's called Dolph- Dolphin Wave, but same company. Even one of the girls in the game that like it shows off in the background, I think is literally one of the girls from Counting Jet Girls. Do same wetsuit and everything. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh baby, this video game. I'm excited. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, and for about an hour, I was like trying to sign up. It's it's mobile only? That's one thing. Um, or, well, mobile and PC only. So, you know, Android, Google, and it's only been announced for Japan. However, on DMM games, there's a PC service for that kind of stuff. A lot of mobile games end up on DMM games. If they have a PC version in Japan. Um, or maybe not a lot, but there are a lot of mobile games on DMM games. Um, so I was going to register for that. And I dug a little deeper into the website. And what I saw was not a racing game. I saw a card... <laughs> rpg gotcha battler i was like no i mean it makes sense it's a mobile racing or mobile game and everything but i was just i i was so excited and then it just became a mobile rpg game i was so sad i was so sad um anyways so yeah so the genre for this game is called exhilarating jet battle um where the last game was called Girls Jet Battle. So, apparently, if you're a girl, you are in a real-time racing game. But if you're exhilarating, you are a turn-based thing. So... <laughs> So, yeah, Um, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just one of those things where I look at it, I'm like, I don't want to play a game like this, probably. And part of me is like, maybe I should give it a shot. But like, I just look at it and there's just there's not, like to what I like about Honey Parade games is Peach P PC Splash and 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 kind of jack girls is is not the characters, the there's fan service in it, too, if you care about that fan service uh the graphics like all that stuff or even like the the setting is nice in some ways but like you know it's not a huge deal like like those all those things don't really matter to me like they they matter in some ways i think those games don't exist without those elements because of more the laid-back nature of doing a water you know water gum battle and like what you can do with that in some ways. And then also, like the kind of, even to some extent, the fan service element of the game with, like, the, uh, the, uh, I forget, finishes and things like that being a game mode. Although that's kind of similar to, like, um, I forget, kill confirmed, I think, in Call of Duty or something like that. And then, kind of go with Jet Girls, you know, there's a lot of really interesting mechanics about how you control those bikes, those water, uh, water things, anyways. Anyways, all that's to say, like, th- what I care about those games is the gameplay. So even though, like, aesthetically and everything else, everything looks spot on. The gameplay is what I care about. And if the gameplay is not that... I don't want to say that I want it to be exactly that. I ne- You know me. I never want games to be exactly that. But when I see that game and what it is, it's just like, this looks like... I mean, I look at so many mobile games every week and I click through them every week because I go through Japanese games news posts and I don't know what I'm looking at um, until I l- really look into it. <laughs> so, And it's just like, yep, yeah, it looks like one of those. So anyways, Dolphin Wave... Um, I hope you enjoy it. I did talk to somebody in the Kanagawa Jet Girls group who I believe he's Japanese. um, And uh, he did say that he was excited for the game. And so that makes me happy that, you know, at least somebody is um, because the rest of the Kanagawa Jet Girls group was not particularly happy. But that one person was like, oh, I love the aesthetics. I love the girls. I love the what's it called and the fan service, and all that stuff, and also, you know, not being on PlayStation, it probably can be the Cinder Kagura style fan service game that people wanted to be, who are fans of that franchise, again, doesn't really matter to me, but the fans of Cinder want wanted to be fan service-y, but, you know, limitations by by Sony and things like that are keeping them from being able to do that, hence why probably Cinder Kagura 7 got cancelled, but we can't really say for sure, um, or not cancelled, but, you know, hiatus, it was announced in like 2018, does not take five years to develop a center kagura game i'm pretty sure um so so yeah very sad very disappointed um and i guess i probably should have put Curry at the end to not end this podcast on a downer note because the next news story i have is not as bad but it was the initial disappointment for me in this week as well so um we talked a little bit about curates games throughout this um the, the last handful of podcasts and um the reason they really caught my eye, I forget the name of the game, um, but there was some game that we talked about, and, uh, it's about like, you, it's like a, it's like a, almost like a Princess Maker kind of game where you are, you know, interacting with the character and raising their stats based off suggestions you give them you know what you tell them to do, like oh what to dress with and everything um but their games are very horny they've had their games kind of they had one game that's like somewhat pulled from the switch store but i think it got relisted um and most their titles i think end up on dl site as well because they are horny and dl site has 18 plus games on it um so uh that game i can't remember the name of it was like i was kind of hoping it'd be like kind of a massage simulator and it wasn't so uh curate did announce a massage game. It's called Massage Freaks. And when I was looking at the screenshots, I was like, oh, 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 oh yes. This is like a very horny fan service thing. Whatever, don't care. I just want a game that uses the Switch's controllers in interesting ways in a massage game. I just, I, I got that, I got a taste of that with Senor Kiguro's Reflections hand massage mode. And I was like, this is amazing. It doesn't quite get there, but it, it, it sells the vision enough, and the rest of that game falls apart, unfortunately. So, like, I, I, I dream of a video game doing this in the way I want to, um, where, where it basically kind of mimics your hand interactions with somebody in some ways, or, or in other interactions with, 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 with them as you do the massage thing or whatever um and the screenshots looked like there was like hey you're gonna move the analog sticks to certain parts to so like rub them and things like that didn't look maybe the best like uh, implementation but i was like okay but then i saw the gameplay and it's like oh that's actually not what this is at all it's a rhythm game and the the, the, the lines coming to the center with like the the little button things on it are actually the rhythm like notes coming in and i was just like oh well, this is a, this is a bust for me. I mean, rhythm games are fine. Like, like if you are interested in the, like the horny rhythm game, sure. Um, but like, I just have no need for that. I, I have other rhythm games I can play and like the, the the rhythm aspect didn't look particularly like good either. I was just like, this looks okay. Uh, it's like 30 bucks too. So it's a little steep for me to just try it as well. So was really excited for a little bit and then, um, uh, then it didn't get me where I wanted to go. So, Hey you you developers working on the fan service games that are definitely not made for me at all <laughs> why are you catering to me <laughs> I don't know. um yeah it's just one of those things that like uh, you know jet G- 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 girls 2 would have been like new story of the year for me honestly i, I can't think of too many things that would have excited me more um about other than another honey parade game that is in that style of pbs and jet girls in a different you know setting and things like that and me being very excited to play it for one week and then be like that was amazing now you can't play it anymore because nobody plays it anymore um but yeah it's very disappointing so on that note (laughs) Um, I was looking over there, a happy note, my cat was over there playing with a ball while sitting here. I was scared for a while because that cat would not do anything. I mean, it is, it has only been two weeks and it it takes time, but like he would, uh, he was not really interacting much at all, but he was, he was having a good time over there playing with the ball. I, I don't know if I turned my head away from the microphone a few times to go look at him. So sorry if I did that, but, but cute little guy moving around, jumping around, doing things. That's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlReport.com is the website. Hey, guess what's coming up soon? Xenoblade Chronicles 3 on the 29th. So in order to celebrate that, I did two things. One, on the OneControlReport Twitter feed, I've been posting my Xenoblade Chronicles videos. So if you want to go check out my backlog of Xenoblade Chronicles videos, I have a handful of those posted up there. Um, And then what I also did um, was I took a video that was going to be for Patreon content and I'm going to make it freely available. So it's going to come out and, um, it's going to be available for everybody. Um, this video is in the style of my Patreon videos where I go back through my articles and read them and and just kind of go through, give a voiceover for them. So if you are more interested in me delivering a voiceover for an article rather than reading my work, that's a way you can do it. Um, But some of these articles are very old at times, and so I spend a lot of time talking about not only, you know, a little bit of criticism of my own work in those those articles, but also talk about, you know, what I was thinking at the time, how I was wrong, how I was right, or how I feel like I was right or wrong. Um, and then also just like the difference in the industry as well. Um, I think they're really interesting, like, time capsules to look back at. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I went ahead and did that, and uh, that will be available on Wednesday this week. So you get to get my, essentially, my original Xenoblade Chronicles um, 1 opinions. Um, it, or rather more, more than anything, it's actually, uh, an article that's about how Xenoblade Chronicles was the culmination of the Xeno franchise and that, like, they finally did it. They finally nailed it. And then, uh, you know, as you have, have probably heard over the years from me, um, I don't necessarily feel like, uh, that, that model is soft, felt <laughs> the same way as me. <laughs> so, so yeah, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty or whatever. Right. So yeah, that's coming up this week. That'll be out on Wednesday. So again, thank you guys so much for watching that if you want to do that. Um, Buddy Mission Bond video. We'll see when that's going to come out. I'm thinking early August. Um, we'll see how it, how it lines up, but I'm thinking that's when that's going to happen. So look forward to that. And then, um, yeah, we're still playing One Piece Unlimited Adventure on uh, Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So if you want to come check out and join us for that, you can do that. We'll be taking a break from it after probably uh, either this week or next week will be our last session for now. Then we'll revisit it because I think there's still, you know, at least half the game to go from my understandings. So um, I, I I want to take a break because I get especially since that game has been very, um I don't know how to put it, very like uneventful, but interesting it's a game that's more interesting to think about than it is to play i think is is ultimately what it is and as you play you get more things to think about um but you don't necessarily get a like amazing experience out of the game i think so um we actually just i, I, I actually just finished watching a uh, one piece ova in the um movie nights which happen on saturday if you want to join in for that 7 p.m pacific time typically as well uh just go to the discord channel you can find a link for the discord channel on my webpage. you know i don't think i do a link for the discord channel in the youtube description so i will add that in if i remember hopefully ben editing ben do that (laughs) um um, but yeah so uh that's gonna happen and then i think we're gonna transition over to the Tale, assuming nothing changes so yes again thank you guys so much for listening um, also you can listen to this podcast on Anchor FM if you want to as well if you want to get the audio version of the podcast there just go to anchor.fm.com and i or anchor.fm slash one controller port maybe i don't know but on the website you get go to one controller port if you go to the uh, one of the podcast pages you can go to the anchor page and find a podcast service that you can listen to you really just go to any podcast service you use and you can search for one controller port and it should show up um and then also if you are listening to the audio version one video the youtube version has me talking at your face so you can come in and look at me and there's there's a lady behind me scratching her head because of technology issues and that's that's always a fun good time gonna make her real big she's really big all right guys that's it i hope you have a great week bye